we'll celebrate our greatest love today. And it's, we know this Valentine's Day is the 14th, so it's on Tuesday. And it's so fitting that before we can say Happy Valentine's Day to anyone in the natural, we say Happy Valentine's Day to Jesus because he's our greatest love. And we're going to introduce today's message by a song by three of the children. Uh, we have Victoria Moore and Allison Johnson and Kezia Eggball. So would you all come up, please? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones who <coughs> him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, he who's died, heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. He will stay close behind me all the way. I didn't know there were that many verses to Jesus Loves Me. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. That's the foundation of our love walk. If we don't understand the love of Christ and we don't have the love of Christ, then, of course, we can't, we can't love anybody because it's, it's, it's God's love that's operating. And it's a different kind of love. It's not the, not the uh, type of love where we have 
affection for food, affection for chocolate, and all these type of things. This is, uh, this is really uh, agape love. This is, this is the love that goes beyond affection. This is, goes beyond what a person does for you, what a person doesn't do for you. Because before we loved him, the scripture says, he first loved us. That's why we love him. Let's open our Bibles to John. First John, first of John. And we want to go to the fourth chapter. And let's look at this backdrop of love. We have to have this backdrop. We have to have this foundation. And if we're thinking of a, a, a house before we even... Uh, put the, the roof on anything. We have to we have to have it framed properly. And if it's not framed in God's love, then Valentine's Day is useless. Chapter four, verse nine. By this, the love of God was manifested. Now that's 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 a, a, a great verse because it's telling us. What comes after this is really love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us. How was it manifested in us? That God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. What a marvelous, marvelous verse. Verse 10. In this is love. So what follows tells us what love is. Not that we loved God. You see, we didn't love him. We couldn't love him. The only reason we love him is because he first loved us. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins, which means that Word perpetuation means he's a total satisfaction for our sins. It could be no other satisfaction for sin. No human being could pay the, the price for our, our sin. It had to be all God, but it had to be all man. So that's why God sent his son, and he was born of a virgin, and it could be no other way, no other way to have the satisfaction than God gave for us. That's why we have love. Now, once we have this love, now the next thing is that we must build on it. Uh, Once we get saved, once God uh, comes into our heart, once he regenerates us, now what we have to do is say, okay, God, i got to walk this thing out. I need help to walk this thing out. How am I going to do this, God? And so what God tells us is that the first thing you need to know that you're not the same. You're different. What used to be is no more. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians. Go there. And let's look at the fifth chapter and see what God says about our now new life that he's calling us to. It's a new life. Let's look in, in verse 
uh, 17. Let's start there. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Good news, isn't it? Good, good news. If you all uh, interview like I was before I got saved, good news. Good news that the old things are passed away. Is anybody like I was? You know, all of you were. You should, might as well put your hand up. Come on now. <laughs> we all were separated from God, weren't we? I don't care how good you were, you were still wretched, poor. You were still blind. No one was good. No, not one. Is that correct? All right. Come on. So y'all, y'all still acting like you're, you know, you, you haven't been there. Come on now. You've been there before. Behold, new things have come. Now, if these new things have come, that means that what did you change, God? I have the same body. I have the same mind. What has changed? Well, he's given me a new heart. Hasn't he given you a new heart? When you get born again, he gives you a new heart. It's not a heart of stone any longer. It was a heart of flesh. And, and it now is pliable to God. But he says, now, what I want you to do is realize that I'm coming to live in you. And through that life that I'm going to live through you, you'll be able to do the things that I'm calling you to do. So that's good news also that we don't have to try to do it ourselves just like the Israelites tried to do it by themselves. They couldn't do it. Could they keep the law? They could not keep the law. There's no such thing as keeping the law because you, they, the law is just words that was written that they didn't have the ability, the power to keep it. That righteousness, so righteousness came by grace. So we are so appreciative to God for that. Verse 18, it says, Now all these things are from God. So everything new about you, your heart, your born-again spirit, is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now those are good news. Good news. Those verses, those words, they are good news words. Now once we still now, we, we have this new life, but I think I still, I think I feel this old man still there sometimes. Do you all feel that old man there sometimes? Let's look at Titus. Let's see some of what, what God is telling us in this old man. So it's Titus chapter 3. Let's go there. Let's look in verse 1 through 8. And he tells Titus here, I want you to remind them to be subject to rulers or to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. To lie no one means not to slander anybody. Don't speak evil of anybody. To be peaceable. I don't want you to be contentious, he's saying. Don't want any contention. Don't don't want any fighting. I want you to be gentle, unassertive, he's saying. Showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were 
foolish ourselves. Now, if Paul was foolish, I believe we would be too. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah. All us were. Now, what does that mean, foolish means? It means that uh, it's without comprehension in our mind. We, we don't comprehend the divine things you see, like we should. I know I've done some things, and, and, and someone said, why did you do that? What made you think you could do that? Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be bad things. It can be. And, and I did, did those too. But uh, some things were not, not that bad, I didn't think. And uh, uh, so I just said, hey, I don't like the colors of, colors of our school colors, so I'm going to order uniforms that's a different color. And the principal called me and said, what made you think that you <laughs> You can order football uniforms that's green and gold, and our colors are green and white. And I said, uh, I like gold. <laughs> yeah. See, my mind wasn't right. <laughs> Young. You know, I was in my 20s. I was out of college. but I thought I was hot stuff. You know, my goodness gracious, somebody... Had to help me, you know, <laughs> had to help me think right. Thank God he had mercy on me, you know, uh, and I kept my job. Dis- <laughs> disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice, it was ill will of heart, and envy, hating, hating one another and being hateful. Yeah, I don't know whether that... Some of those things describe you, but some of those things describe me. But when the kindness of our God and Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. Thank God for mercy. (laughs) I have it on on one of our calls, Mercy 8. Mercy. Oh, mercy. New beginning. Mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we will be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently, so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. So he's telling us, telling us that that's what we need to be doing. And once we become a new creation, what we have to do is start practicing. Start practicing, being led by the Spirit. That's what we have to do. And sometimes uh, uh, this old man rises up and we become selfish sometimes. Uh, and, and sometimes we want our way. We don't want God's way. We want our way. Sometimes it's like that. A lot of times we want God's way. We just we want to do it God's way. And that'll last a little, little while, and then it, we, the old man rails back up. It, it's, it's one of those sanctification processes. In other words, we're going from uh, glory to glory. We're being sanctified a little bit at a time, and I thank God for us. And some people... Uh, may call it falling in love with 
Jesus. That's what some people might call it. I call it a sanctification process. We're going to have a song that's being played. It's called Fallen. And uh, Emily Roberts is going to dance to this song. Uh, it's a process again. Listen to the words. It's a process of falling in love with Tonight is the time to just sing love songs to God and say, God, I just want to spend my life with you. And I just want you to know that I'm falling more and more in love with you every day. I would like to walk this world with you always. Never want to be apart from you. Sometimes overwhelmed by truth and your ways. But could it be that I was made for you? I'm Sanctification process. 
we want to move from the sanctification process to more and more and more and more where we are closer and closer to Jesus. That's what we want to do. And the sanctification process is going to continue, of course, until we die. But I want to be closer today with Jesus and to Jesus than I was yesterday. Every single day, I want to grow more and more closer to him. And it helps me when I realize, again, how much he loves me. It helps me. Because I don't have to be as fearful about circumstances and and situations when I know he loves me. It can be very... Um, anxious, let's put it that way, when we're in situations and we know that it looks really bad. looks like there's no way out. But when Jesus comes to our mind, how much he loves us, that he died for us on the cross, that God gave his only begotten son for us, then how much more do we realize that if he gave his son for us when we were yet sinners, how much more will he deliver us now that we are his? So it gives me confidence of his unfailing love. And the Bible calls it his everlasting, that's what I like to call it, everlasting love because it is everlasting. It never ceases. Never cease. He'll never cease loving us. That's why it's so good to celebrate our greatest love. Because he loves us greatly. I want to go to Jeremiah chapter 31. Would you turn with me to that if you have your, your Bibles with you? Or look on the screen. Now this is a time where Jeremiah is talking to Israel because they, uh, they, they have hope of being restored. And it says, At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord in verse 2, The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Now this is talking about their exodus from Egypt and their life in the wilderness. Israel, when it went to find its rest. Verse 3, key verse here. The Lord appeared to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Ooh, my goodness. That drawing can be to draw, it can be to lead. God led Israel, even in the wilderness, even when they were not pleasing in their response to all the things that he had done for them in Egypt, all the miracles that he had done. And just think, all the things that God has done for us, And sometimes we still do things that we know that's against his word, that's against his will, that's against his way. To know that 
He's going to draw us with love and kindness. With mercy, in other words. Loyalty. Steadfast love. That's that Hebrew word. That's what it means. Oh, that's so encouraging. Everlasting love. Oh, God. I love that. I love that. Because sometimes I make mistakes. And I say things that I shouldn't say. I'll say I'm in a way that I shouldn't say them. And when I ask for forgiveness, I know that when I come to him, I know when I come to the throne room of grace, I can see grace and mercy to help in the time of need. I know that if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I know that because it's in the word. And because I know all through history, and that's what I'm reading in my devotional time, uh, Genesis to Revelation, I'm, I'm, I'm in Judges. How much love did he show in Judges? I just finished this morning reading uh, 15, 16 about Samson. How much did he love Israel to keep raising up a judge? Every time he raised up a judge and the judge died, they'll go right back into sin. Then he'll raise up another judge after, after he, he, has to, he has to discipline them. There's some consequences, so they'll go into captivity. Uh, and then he'll raise up another one. And, and of course, Samson uh, didn't have his act together sometime with women, so uh, part of it was because of God. Uh, wanted to show himself uh, strong against the Philistines. Uh, but some of it was, didn't have anything to do with the Philistines. Some of it had to do with Samson. Uh, but, but when he got his eyes gorged out and he was a captive and everything, he said, he said God, just give me one, one opportunity, one last time to, to revenge my eyes. God gave him strength again. After, after, after Delilah had cut, uh, cut his, uh, the men had cut his hair off and stuff like that, uh, he lost his strength. God gave him his strength back. Can you believe that? Gave him his strength back. Uh, everlasting love. Come on. God loves us, doesn't he? He loves us. And it's all the way through the Bible. All the way through it. I said, God, that's, that's really great. Let's look in, in, uh, in the text we were there before. In First John, back to the Epistle of John, in chapter 4. Let's read some more verses. We read 9 and 10. Let's go start in 7 here. And, and, and see what God expects us to do to walk out this everlasting love here. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're celebrating our greatest love, God. We, we, we'll celebrate you. We're celebrating you, Lord. Now you're here talking about loving one another. I'm not really interested in loving one another yet, Lord. I want to just love on you. You are perfect. You love me with everlasting love. Some people don't love me with everlasting love, God. Have you ever said that before? You haven't, okay. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Agape. Unconditional love. And everyone who loves unconditionally is born of God and knows God. He puts a high price on loving others, doesn't he? The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Wow. 
God is love. So we say we know God. Then we will have to love. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, and he's answering my question, because I'm a God, I, you know, I can't love some people. Man. Some people just, this is hard to love. They plucked my last nerve. And he says, hold it, love. If God so loved us, or in other words, we can make it person, personally, if God so loved me. See, that's personal, isn't it? How to love others. I can love others. Those who love me. How about you? It's easy, isn't it? That's easy. But that's not what he's talking about, is it? We know that he's speaking of this unconditional love when people don't love you because he showed his love on us. He says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him. We stay in him. We remain in him. We, our home is in him. If, and it says, and he in us, how do we know that? Because he has given us his spirit. If the spirit of God is in us, we know that we abide in him and him in us. We know that. Because the spirit is God. Isn't he? He's God. You can't even walk in the flesh. You can't, you can't be dwelling in the flesh if the Spirit of God is in you. You know that. You can't stay in the flesh. You can't. You say, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, in Romans 8, if you uh, turn there with me, Romans 8, uh, you don't have to. It'll, it'll probably be on your screen. And I, don't, I don't think it's in the notes, but uh, it's in my notes. But uh, if the PowerPoint can, can get it, everybody else can see it. Romans 8, and we want, what we want on it is verse 8 and 9. Romans 8, 8 and 9. And it says, And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And it's been talking about if you, if you are in the flesh, if you are mind for the flesh is death, and it says that, wait a minute, it, those who are in the flesh, you can't please God. Verse 9 says that, however, that's a good word, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed or since the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong So that tells us, by the word of God, which is the truth, if we have the spirit of God in us, then we can't dwell and remain in the flesh. Just can't. Impossible. 
because his seed is in us. God is in us. God lives through us. There's no way we can stay in the flesh and God be in us. Can't do it. That's why it says that by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because we have been given his spirit. In verse 16 it says, We have come to know and to believe the love which God has for us because God is love. So he repeats that again. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Verse 19. We love because he first loved us. I can love because God first loved me. If anyone says, hey, I love God, I love God, and hates his brother, I have ill will towards my brother, I'm, I'm persecuting my brother. It says here, he is a liar. You can't say you love God and you hate your brother. For the one who does not love his brother, now he changes it. He didn't say hate this time. He, said, he says, does not love his brother. That's, that's, that's different now. He first said hate his brother. Now he says does not love. That puts it different, doesn't it? If you don't love your brother whom you have seen, you cannot love God who you have not seen. That is awesome. That is powerful. That's telling us that we must love. We must love others. That's what we are celebrating today, our greatest love, because he loved us. Verse 21 says, and this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. And we're going to have a song that uh, Rachel Castro is going to sing. It's called Unfailing Love. It's another way of saying everlasting love. God's everlasting love. Once we know that, we are really ready. You have my heart, and I am yours forever. You are my strength, God of grace and power. And everything you hold in your hand, still you make time for me. Can't understand. Praise you, God of earth and sky. How beautiful is your unfailing love. Unfailing love. And you never change, God. You remain the Holy One in my unfailing love. Unfailing love. So 
and I sing for you. And everything you hold in your hand, still you make time for me. I can't understand. Praise you, God of earth and sky. Beautiful is your unfailing love. Unfailing love. And you never change, God, you made the holy world and my unfailing love, unfailing love. And everything you hold in your head, do you make time for me? I can't understand. Praise you, God of earth and sky, beautiful is your unfailing love, unfailing love. And you never change, God, you made the holy world, and my unfailing love, unfailing love. Praise you, God of earth and sky, beautiful is your unfailing love, unfailing love. And you never change, God, you made the holy world in my unfailing love, unfailing love, unfailing love. Praise God. Aren't you glad of his unfailing love? Yes, indeed. His unfailing love. I want to close out the service today in the Gospel of John. Let's turn there to the 13th chapter, the 31st verse, and read two verses there. With a challenge. We have 55, 56 days, something like that, until Resurrection Sunday. And what I would like to do is to challenge all of us with these two verses here. It says, a new commandment, and that new means in quality. It's not a, a different commandment. Of course, we know that he gave it before, but this is a in quality. It's a, it's a different one. It's new. That you love one another. That love in the present imperative tense is a continuous thing. You have to repeat it over and over and over again. You never stop practicing this love towards one another. Even as I have loved you. Now, before, you remember, in the law, it would say that I want you to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It was tell us also, uh, especially when Jesus was telling them the, 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 the greatest two commandments, 
It says the other one is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is a new one in quantity. He says, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. That's different. That's different. If he wouldn't have said that, sometimes we have a a way out. (laughs) But we don't have a way out when he says, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Unconditionally. That means that when a person doesn't love you, doing things against you, he says, love them anyway. Because I loved you that way. God makes the the rain to fall on the just as well as the unjust. He loves. He's God of love. He loves. He is love. Verse 35. By this all men will know. By what? By this all men will know. This love he's talking about. If you love others as I have loved you, men are going to know that you are my disciples if you have one love one for another. Wow. Wow. And we all want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We all are, that's our desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says that this is how people are going to know. And every single person is responsible for this. Every single person is responsible for the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry to, to carry out this love walk. We are supposed to be living epistles that others can see our love and know God. They should, they should be able to see the Bible if they never hear it by just watching us at our workplaces, in our, in our homes, Right? In the church, don't have to read the Bible. We do. We should. But it says that you be a living epistle. See, because people want to see a sermon more than they want to hear one. Because you can hear a lot of good sermons. But then you hear that, man, he was teaching all that stuff and look at what he did. He was doing this all a long time. He was teaching this thing. The challenge. For the next 55, 56, how many days it is before Easter, I want us to practice this radical kind of love. Radical. It's radical. It's radical. And if you kind of wonder how it responds, read 1 Corinthians 13. It'll tell you a little bit about love. Thinks the best of every person. Right? Take no account of a wrong done to it. All those things. In our homes, we can practice that, can't we? Oh, it'll be a challenge, won't it? It'll be a challenge. Now, now the, the series that I'll be teaching starting next week is from Galatians chapter 5. We're going to go uh, maybe verse 10 on through 5, maybe um, 8 verses of chapter 6. We're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I believe that if we can allow the Holy Spirit to live through us like he wants to, I believe that we'll be this living epistle. I believe that we will have this 
kind of love. Well, we have to, because he's love. He's in there, right? If we could just allow him to get out without, our, without us getting in the way. But we have to practice, though. And this is how you're going to practice now. I want you to practice two ways. I want you to practice yielding to the Holy Spirit. And I want you to practice also going to God, asking for forgiveness. Every time you miss the mark. Every time I miss the mark. Okay? That's practice now. That's practice. We're getting ready for Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And I think powerful things can happen in your home. If we start changing by practicing, if you're not born again, the first thing to do today is give your life to Jesus Christ. Because if you're not born again, you cannot have love. You can't have the God that kind of love. So that's the first thing. No stand. If there, let me have the worship, uh, the, the, uh, the the prayer team come up. If there's anybody here that have not given your your life to Jesus Christ, I I want you to do that today. And I will pray with you. We'll pray with you. you. Just raise your hand, put it back down. Say, I would like prayer for salvation in my soul. That's you. Raise your hand and put it back down. I won't embarrass you. If you're astray from God and want to come back to God, today is the day. Don't leave and, 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 and still have that separation because of you not walking in his ways, his will. Don't do that. That's you. Raise your hand and put it back down. I want to pray for you. Anybody here like that? And I want to pray for me and all of us that we really take the challenge. Because I believe it's going to be a challenge. I believe we still have a devil that is trying to dishonor God. Trying to get us to not glorify God. Trying to get us to uh, do things that's, that's going to uh, be detrimental to other people coming to Jesus Christ on our work, at our workplaces, in our homes. I believe that it's, a, it's still going to be a challenge, even though we're Christians. So, Father, we ask you to give us the grace, Lord. Give us the grace to walk out this love walk. And I know you're going to be showing me through these messages and showing the body through these messages. You're going to be encouraging us through these messages because we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're not just giving somebody a challenge and not even helping them. We're going to teach on this every single Sunday the different fruit of your Spirit and helping us to see what you're calling us to. Father, let us walk in love. Just love one another even as you have loved us. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen.